You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Howdy ho, buckaroos, and welcome to Comics with My Kids podcast, the official podcast for the comicscornerbox.blogspot.com. I am your host, Matt D., and tonight, I'm actually solo tonight, because the kids have gone out to do fun stuff outside. So I chose to take this time to recognize a Chicago's very own Robots with Coffee's Paul Zarnowski. Did I pronounce that correctly? You did. All right. Not only is he the creator of Robots with Coffee, and you can check out his stuff at robotswithcoffee.com, but he's also a band member for Hired Goons. No, they're not people that go to your house and trash the place up. Although, if you do invite them for bands, maybe. So, But thank you, Paul, for taking this time to, to sit with me. Thank you. So let's go ahead and uh, discuss a little bit and dive right into Robots with Coffee. Um, now you've taken two really cool ideas. You've taken what I love best in, in the world, which is coffee, mm-hmm. and my second favorite thing, which is robots. So, can you please uh, let our audience know a little bit about Robots with Coffee? Uh, robots with Coffee is the the banner name of uh, comic strips and art by myself under the name, uh, working as the name Mort Inkingbot. Mort Inkingbot is a very crabby cartoonist who came to Earth from what we like to call that other planet full of robots. Um, <laughs> and he has been a syndicated cartoonist um, in, in a dwindling uh, newspaper market uh, doing these sort of laugh-a-day comic strips uh, where you, the reader, have a laugh and then you get back to work. Mort's, Mort's catchphrase is get back to work. And uh, it, robots with co- the name itself comes from, I would just take pictures of my t- Transformers collection with coffee. And uh, it became just be kind of a thing. And um, I have had a couple of friends help me out, and they would take pictures of their toys with coffee, and they kind of you know sort of spread with like some trans- other Transformers fans. And I sort of started doing like fan art for Transformers, you know. Okay. And I started doing like um, comic strips about Transformers, and then I came up with Mort as the name of the artist, and it kind of hit me right then and there that I should just make comic strips about robots in general not based on anything and mort would be this guy that's kind of the subtext of you know behind the scenes and that's that's where that came from and so i just do these comic strips about robots who take things literally i went a long way to tell you that that's what the, <laughs> that's what the comic strips are about generally there's two panel strips about robots who take you know puns literally or they themselves exist um as a pun you know um like is there, is there, there's like a a police officer who's told he has to work with loose cannon tron like oh no he's a loose cannon and the next panel is he's a cannon he's the embodiment of a cannon he's a literal cannon um but his his wheel has fallen off because it's a loose cannon and you know (laughs) that that's the gag and that's what the strips are like and it's very groan inducing but that's what i go for and often because they're they're robots and that's just kind of the world they live in they take everything literally there's there's um there's uh, dramatic repercussions, you know. Um, there's a character called Johnson Tron who uh, works in an office called Paper Pushing, and he's got a boss bot. He's got coworker bot, and you know he dies at nearly every appearance. He's like Kenny from South Park, <laughs> you know. Um, and 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 that's what the strips are about. 
Right. Now, the first time I saw you, you were at uh, the Northwest Indiana Comic Con, and you had issue, copies available of Robots with Coffee. I picked up issues one and two, and mm-hmm. I, I couldn't put them down until I finished reading them because they were just – they were so funny. I mean, I'm a – I'm a dad, and I love dad jokes. And this the, this series is just chuck full of dad jokes. Yeah. Um, in particular, and I, I in particular, I like I like the, the some of the some of the work jokes because I can definitely see work situations. Um, I, I really like the one in which, uh, the one robot had asked uh, his coworker, "Hey, you know, how are things going with your girlfriend?" And uh, well, I can't get her out of my mind. It turns out that. They literally shrunk the robot and stuck it in in his head. Yeah, that you know, and and, and the thing is, is you hear these phrases and you think, well, how would that be literal? And and with robots, it makes it a lot easier. Yes, you know, and yeah. and 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 the trick to uh, being the artist behind this is that I don't have to pay attention to anatomy. You know, and so yeah. I and and especially being a Transformers fan and uh, and just. When you look at like the toys and you look at the their existence in cartoons or how they're modeled or whatever, they they obviously don't look like the toys after a while because uh, you have to simplify. But you, you take a you know if if if, if this uh, known toy company and known they're, they're, the people who handle the properties can take these liberties, what I can do whatever I want to, you know um, exactly. I used to draw, you know, and I used to have a comic strip about people and, and being, um, this is, this is terrible as an artist to admit, but being, having to be, um, consistent in your, uh, in your characters from panel to panel is hard. (laughs) (laughs) And real artists will tell you, it's like, you like to draw a tree, prepare to draw that tree from every angle. And it's, and, and, (laughs) and, um, I clearly can't do that, but I like drawing. You know, uh, so this allows me to do that. And I've had so much fun doing it since then. Gotcha. Yeah. I, 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 one thing I liked about your art is that you, you have a very, um, simplistic frame. You've, mm-hmm. you pretty much are paneling. You've got your, your characters all set up. You have very minimal background, but yet you still manage to, to be efficient with your line work. So you know that, okay, I'm in an office setting, you know? Right. Um, and I, I particularly liked in, uh, I can't remember if it was issue one or two, but you had a human sitting there having to, draw for more inking bot and I, if i remember right i think that's somebody that we know um that that was me <laughs> yeah i uh, so early strips um was me feeling out the the idea of the strip and okay. um i don't know if your if your copy says second print on it yes yes it does so i put a disclaimer in there because people are like oh is that for kids and i never thought about it because they're dad jokes, but with like deadly consequences, you know, they're just <laughs> dumb robots. Right. Um, what, what do dads like to do, but like be, just do things literally when your kids are, you know, asking for things. And it's like the third time they've asked or 10th time they've asked. And it's like, I don't know, you know, uh, may, may, right. Maybe. And then you do it literally like, no, that's not what I meant, dad. <laughs> um, but um, I realized that like there were strips in there that I, I took from my personal life. That was like, oh, maybe, you know, if when I see someone like buying the comic and handing it to their five-year-old, it's not like there's any risque items in there, but have to explain what a job interview to, is to a kid, you know, yeah. or what a dating site is to a kid, you know, and it's like, oh, maybe, you know, I shouldn't be paranoid about stuff like that, but it might not be obvious. And so, um, yeah, but I'm in there and because I used to draw myself 
And um, I used to do personal strips about myself. And it's not that they weren't going anywhere, but that's just, um, after a while, it was like when I started doing this, that's how I wanted to, to make these comics, you know? Right. And, and again, um, just sort of, I, I, it was a little more liberating. Um, I had done strips about sports, about uh, baseball. My first paid comic strip right off the bat was I, I did a strip for the, uh, the heckler, which was, like the onion for Cubs fans, we used to call it. Okay. And I just sent them a sample and they called me right away and I was doing the strips and the editor would say things like, your art is terrible. Where's my next strip? <laughs> and, and you, you stick, like you stick with that. You keep going. <laughs> um, but that was again, having to stay on model and, and having to keep things consistent. And, you know, um, it wasn't like I was drawing people, but you're drawing stadiums. We talk about doing like simple line work. I mean, you you know, I, I, I try to do complicated stuff once in a while to establish scenes and what have you. But like, if you just you can just draw a couple lines. There's a door frame. There's a wall. There's a copier machine. There's the hang in there cat. There's a desk. You know, any any of those factors says that's an office. Exactly. Boom. Done. Move on. You know, and and people, um, if you can establish something somewhere, you don't have to do. It. I don't mean I don't mean to like be a proponent for lazy artwork. <laughs> but um, you you can um, people are intuitive. If you do it right, they'll right. get it, and yeah. that's important. And and some of the best comics are that way. And and especially comic strips. I grew up on comic strips, so you know, um, there's like Garfield. He sits on a ledge. He sits he sits at a countertop. <laughs> yeah. For three panels, and the only thing that you'll notice about Garfield is that the line in the background shifts vertically. You know, it's, it's, it's a diagonal and then it's horizontal and then it's, it's, it's um, the other way diagonal, you know, and like almost every panel. Um, and that always, as a kid, it was interesting to me. And so, you know, I actually made fun of that in, in one of my strips. Um, but it's just a sort of like artistic cheats that you can do um, if that helps answer that question, whatever the question oh, yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> Why, it was me drawing myself in there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like later, and, later. And then, Okay, and then you and then you just dive right into efficiency. You're right, you know, but um, you know, just I'm, I'm gonna be throwing whatever cartooning tips I can. If you, once you've seen my comments, and you think, wow, he he does this, so can I? And, <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, but well, yeah, you I, mentioned I, that. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. You know, I, I phased myself out pretty much, um, and and later strips are mostly just straight gags. So, yeah, it, it is neat. Like the first, like I said, I think the first book I noticed a lot of there's several jokes in there that included you. Mm -hmm. um, and to go back to the whole um, robots, robots with coffee, I do believe that it is kid friendly. It's family friendly. Okay. Um, Thank you. Yeah, there is there is some context that is contextual with like adult relationships, but not mm -hmm. like um, anything that you wouldn't see in a normal everyday situation on TV. Right. Don't want to go down that road, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's nothing in there that I, I don't think a, a, a nine-year-old or a 10-year-old could right. understand. Um, and I was reading comic strips as a kid, you know, from the get-go. Like, I don't even know when I, when I was reading comic strips, but like you're reading Doonesbury, you don't know what's going on, but I'm reading it. Exactly, yeah. You know, I, mean, I, yeah. I, I grew up uh, reading a lot of Calvin and Hobbes, and there was mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of like subtext in calvin and hobbs that i didn't pick up as a kid but as i read it later on in life i was like oh wow that was really funny i mean they're um, called calvin and hobbs <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um so yeah i think that 
for anyone that's listening, uh, pick up a copy of Comics with uh, sorry, com- pick up a copy of Comics with my kids. Pick up a copy of Robots with Comics. Uh, robot. There I go again. Robots with Coffee. Um, it's 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 hard to explain to people. People are like, what's that title about? And it's like that's just the name I came up with, and I and I just kept it. It's you it's know? catchy. Yeah, it's it's different, and and um, you know, it was because I just drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> and I have a lot of real, and, and it just kind of it's the name stuck and I and and the response um just from taking photos of toys with coffee was was like huge like other stuff I had done hadn't done like sort of like gotten that response like people I haven't heard from were calling me I'm like I love those photos and it's like it's just a toy with coffee <laughs> you know but uh, I'll take it and it you know and I run with it so that that's that's where that you know again that's where kind of where that comes from and and it's it's it, it also keeps things kind of open so they're not going to be drinking coffee all the time, but they're, you know, it's just the name and it's, it's a fun name, I think. Yeah, it's, it's fun. I think it's rather clever. Mm-hmm. So here's where I'm going to hit you with a big, hard question. All right. Transformers or GoBots, which were better? Transformers were better. Um, GoBots were first. That was the argument you had as a kid in 1984. Yes. <laughs> um, but but Transformers were just kind of off the wall, you know, right off the bat, and 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 there's like, like I don't know how to describe how like the attitude was different, maybe. Um, don't know how to psychoanalyze why kids fell for um, Hasbro and not Tonka, right? But or whatever the uh, the the was it Galoob? I what think it I was forgot? Galoob. Because um, I had I had a few I had a few GoBots growing up, and I always mm-hmm. and, you know I always felt that the GoBots were like the poor man's transformer, <laughs> whereas like the transformer that you know I I'd take my GoBot to the to the schoolyard and I'd play with it with all my friends, and they all had transformers. They had like Starscream mm-hmm. and Optimus Prime, and here I was with the motorcycle guy that I can't even remember his name for. Sidekill. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, it was like, yeah, you got this cool motorcycle, but it's not as cool as Optimus Prime, right? But uh, you know what, though, think of the packaging. Okay, what what's ten times cooler is is the is the artwork packaging for Transformers, and you held on to it, you had to because it had the uh, the tech specs exactly, which was which was huge. You had this the bio is already already written, and maybe that limits the the imagination of the child, but. Um, it tells you their backstory right off the bat and what their personality is like. And it's, it's, it, it, you know, just, just that grid red or purple um, design is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, and transformers just sounds more punchy than go bots. Like, Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. like, like, like some, some very lazy marketer came up with that, but that's not <laughs> the case, but they, they just got beat out hard, you yeah. know? And, and that's, sort of unfortunate and then and then the other thing too is that um transformers had marvel comics working for them writing that stuff for them and not exactly. just marvel comics the mar- the comics themselves but like uh those guys went and they came up with all that stuff for both gi joe and transformers they were hired to to be the ones who created those names and so and you know these are people who are just already pro i have no idea about gobots but um but we know that because transformers survived and bought gobots exactly yeah so, um, all right, well, I'm going to segue right into, um, uh, yeah, I really don't have much of a segue, but, uh, right into your band, um, mm-hmm. hired goons. So 
how'd you guys form? You know, what's what's this, the backstory to Hired Goons? So, so Hired Goons is that we uh, Simpsons. Uh, so we I would call it a Ramones influenced Simpsons tribute, and um, it comes from staying up until like four in the morning watching The Simpsons with my roommate, who's my singer. And uh, you know, I want to. We should have a band where we sing about The Simpsons. And then I was watching the documentary about the Ramones, whose um, title escapes me right now. Um, and it hit me like, where was the first place I saw the Ramones? Was on The Simpsons. <laughs> and, and like it like it's like immediately just stuff started filtering into my brain and i told my roommate the next day and he just he's an amazing lyricist um we, we came up with ideas but it wasn't like two more years until we found a drummer we wanted to make sure we got a drummer because you're in your band and i've been in so many bands and just finding a drummer and, and it's sort of like the thing about doing comics is great because at least for me, me is that i'm doing it myself if i'm in a band mm -hmm. with other people and you have to depend right. on them. In theater, you have to depend on 12 other people. You know what I mean? Right, um, exactly. So it gets, personalities can clash and, and make things really difficult. Um, so we, we really wanted to, to, to find someone who, you know, we can gel with and, and be on the same page from us from the get-go. And we found this drummer, um, Devana, who um, we would call Kodos. I was Homer. Our singer was Monty. Our first guitar player was Otto. Um, and we cranked out some tunes and we, you know, we, we did some shows right off the bat as a Ramones cover band and um, kind of used it as a template to write songs and go from there. And so um, we recorded two albums, but, you know, um, life gets in the way for some people and people have to move for jobs or family or, or things like that. And then uh, it kind of slows momentum down a little bit. And, um, a couple of years ago, we were we kept talking about like all the stuff that we had on file, and we had like a third album that we thought like, do we have enough material? And we did we did the bean counting of what was in our emails and files, and there were twenty songs. Well, that's enough. Yeah. And seven seven of those songs, we six of those songs, we did we came up with an EP and we really hammered it down just to give you an idea how long like, a band stuff can take. Is I did my bass parts a year ago for the EP, which we call the EP of Horror. And that's about the Treehouse of Horror episodes. And we released that in <laughs> October. And just to get kind of back and forth to kind of do, you know, make sure things sound right and guitars sound right. And you go in and you do some, you know, backing vocals um, and, and people get busy. It just, it took, you know, a lot of, a lot of um, twisting of the, of, twisting of arms to get back into the studio and, and finish that. And now we have like, 14 more songs or I, you know, how many other songs left. But one of those was a song that I would do acoustically with our singer at open mics, just me and him called Spider-Man 14. The idea being that they're killing off all the heroes and the, or all the villains in the Spider-Man Sam Raimi movies. Right. And, um, who's left. <laughs> and, and, and we were also big fans of, of Spider-Man and the Spider-Man comics. We were kind of well-versed. Um, you know, of, of sort of like the, when you get past some of the bigger characters, there's a, there's, a, there's really not a very deep well of, of awesome villains, <laughs> you know, and my favorite is the spot who is going to be in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Mind is blown over this, that they put the spot in um, one of the movies. Uh, 
but yeah, so that was that song was about. And it's like, well, let's it, let's do that, and then let's get you know, we we as a joke between our first two albums, we did like a one microphone demo, and we put studio albums on there as like a sampler. Like here's a sampler plus some goofy songs. We did this a certain theme to a certain cartoon, and we sing about Iron Man, and then we sing about Wolverine, and then we changed one of the lyrics to one of our songs to be about the Thomas Jane Punisher movie. <laughs> because that movie has like for us one of those like late night just laugh-a-thons like it's so it's it's so not a marvel movie but it's you know before iron man it's just one of those I, that came out before Iron. yes yeah um it was a very funny movie to us and we have a lot of laughs and um uh so it's like well let's do this let's dust this off let's let's do those versions and then let's also do these different theme songs of like let's do iron man and wolverine again and i said we gotta do dark hawk because dark hawk was my character in the 90s oh really yes and uh but but who won't get a movie anytime soon (laughs) no no it's funny because you know i was a big marvel head growing up and so Mm -hmm. seeing your you're hearing your song about dark hawk i'm like that's like a d-list character i mean he's like (laughs) wait he's like down he's like past night thrasher and the new warriors that's that's how far down he was i'm like you did a song about dark hawk so that's a little tease, um, and I sent you. Um, well, I think it's a rough mix, but we have. Um, it's going to be on Bandcamp and on Spotify uh, pretty soon. That and all the other, like the, the Spider-Man fourteen is the is the solo song basically, and it, you know it's a single with ten B sides. You get like ten extra <laughs> because we you're, you're going to hear we basically um, run that joke into the ground. <laughs> and, and dark dark hawk is is what caps it off frankly like because now we're singing about dark hawk but yeah you're right new warriors uh, he was in new warriors i don't know if you remember that yes yeah. um gosh 90s marvel and that was like probably around the time when the exodus began for image comics oh yes yeah you know um everything at marvel was suddenly getting extreme you know they were mm-hmm. going with the bigger like x factor completely changed their costumes if you get more right. of a 90s feel yeah mm-hmm well, they had to follow the lead of X-Force, you know, which was one of the top selling comics. And then like all the X-Men covers, Jim Lee, X-Men and, um, you know, Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man. And then the Todd McFarlane Spider-Man, which became the Eric Larson Spider-Man. Yeah. I was just reading, I was trying to read Spider-Man at the time, Amazing Spider-Man. And I, I was like, well, you know, I, I, I don't know. I wasn't really a comics person. I was into, I was into weekly comics and I only went into the comic store because of, um, they canceled Bloom County in the Tribune. Okay. And I had to, like, I found a magazine that reprinted those comics in a comic book store as they gotcha. were coming out. So I was like, oh, thank goodness I can get, you know, the Bloom County again. Cause that was like, that's like my ultimate comic strip. I love it. You know, um, I was totally livid when they took it out of the Tribune Sunday papers and that's how I found comics. That's how I bought like, you know, I, I bought an issue of spawn for some reason. And then, uh, I bought, I bought the, the most expensive comic ever made the Angela issue. Oh, okay. Cause there's a, the lawsuit that that basically would end up in. And then, um, spawn 10, which had Cerebus on the cover. Okay. And then I got in this, you know, amazing Spider-Man, just because that's Spider-Man. I should read Spider-Man if I'm going to read comics. And, um, I didn't, you know, I didn't know that like, it's almost impossible to backtrack because back issues are so expensive. 
Okay. Um, and then like, I'll pick something that's just started. I'll pick Dark Hawk and see what that's like. And, and, um, you know, for my sins, I got to read it. And, uh, <laughs> what was your favorite comic back in the day? Oh man. Uh, I was a big Wolverine fan, Wolverine yeah. and GI Joe. And they're both written mm-hmm. by Larry Hama. Right. I really, I really, uh, really liked them. And then I got sucked into the image nineties. Um, mm-hmm. And I think my big thing was I bought issue one of spawn mm-hmm. and you know, everyone, every, I think everybody I knew bought issue one of spawn. Right. And then I stuck with it. In fact, I just read like issue 322 the other day or 332. I can't remember what, what exactly they're on, but I've got a, a full run from one all the way to, to like last month's issues. That's incredible. I, I just couldn't stop. It was, right. it was like I was addicted to, to comics and I became a collector. And now here I am on comics with my kids. I'm introducing mm-hmm. comic books to my kids and suddenly mm-hmm. they start getting that, that bug that they can't stop you know, can't stop reading it. And right. Next thing you know, we've got a huge, you know, kids comic collection. So, um, I didn't know much about like comics or publishing or, you know, how that, you know, um, why those guys left, but I, like I had heard enough when that stuff was coming out, like sort of how empty those comics were, mm-hmm. you know, but it's a lot of that sort of like, you know, probably from the, from Marvel and DC fans who, how dare you leave Marvel or DC. But when Bone went to Image, do you remember that? Yes, yeah. Bone's such like, a fun comic. And I was like, I'm not going to read Bone anymore because it went to Image. <laughs> um, uh, and I didn't. And, and not, you know, I mean, I didn't know that uh, Image was, um, I think, you know, you, you don't know what, what market, what the market forces are at the time with like um, Marvel becoming their own distributor and everyone having to flee to Diamond because DC became Diamond only. Right. And so everyone else was like, well, we're going to leave all the distributors. And if you're a small press book and instead of like having a bunch of distributors, now you only have one distributor. You, you probably have money tied up in those other distributors that you're never going to see again. And it, it absolutely, if you remember the market crash of like 94 to 97, you oh, know, yeah. Marvel comics was like one court order away from ceasing to exist. Yeah. In um, fact, if I remember right, DC was going to try to buy them in the 90s oh, and I didn't know that. Yeah, and then um Perlmutter ended up buying them right. and that's oh, where uh, and 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 it's so that's like see I, I I don't know about you like when I get to a certain age it's like you know what's more interesting than comics is the forces behind comics. Exactly. Um oh. before it's like the like you said the forces behind comics, the distribution of comic books. I got to the point where as much as I love the comic books, I love reading them. I also yeah. like um process. Like mm-hmm. I I talk in, in our podcast every once in a while about, you know, the line work and how much I enjoy it. And mm-hmm. I love talking to creators about their process. And as we had mentioned earlier about your, your efficient line and how you make, you know, you establish everything. That's the stuff that I love. That's my bread and butter. That's what I, I love talking about. So. Yeah. I'm disappointing you because I'm so lazy. As an artist. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love, um, I love, you know, um, I don't know if you know who Pete Bag is. Yeah. I've heard of him. Okay, and um, yeah, and he actually had done some um, all ages books, but you know, he, he the Buddy Bradley stuff, which you know, not for kids or whatever. But he's one of those. Um, he used to work with Robert Crumb. He used to edit Robert Crumb's magazine in mm-hmm. the, like the eighties or whatever. Um, but you talk about like just figures; they're cartoonish, and sometimes the cross hatching is insane, and sometimes everything is super simple. 
Um, Evan Dorkin is one of those guys. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, milk and cheese. You know, milk and cheese. One of the. That's one of the. See, the thing is, like, I, I got into comics because of stuff like that, because okay. of, of collections from Milk and Cheese. Um, they, they they were distributed in. They they appeared in the Onion. The the version of the Onion that appeared on college campuses that wasn't like the national distributed um, version that came out in like two thousand. Okay. And because my sister went to Champaign Urbana. And she would send me the onion and it had milk and cheese in there. And the guy who later on took on the onion as I'm going into wild directions here, but um, he did a book <laughs> called, he did a strip. He, he, he became the editor in chief, Scott Dickers. And he did two strips in there. One was called Plebe, The other one was called Jim's journal. Okay. And Jim's journal is probably the better I'd known of the two. It was just very simple. It wasn't even like there weren't jokes. It was just like four panels. Like I had a good day today. It was just the same guy almost every panel and doing <laughs> almost nothing and you have to really appreciate stuff like that um but you know we're talking about Mar- like uh comics distro and what have you like a lot of great comics disappeared um like that because of, of of those decisions of having to jump ship and i think bone probably was like oh we need a jeff smith and cartoon um press had to probably like find someone to carry them for a certain amount of time while oh, the yeah. market um cool down um so that, that's a you know that was a little ramble both into um <laughs> what interests me about the biz plus you know like i just i just thought i would throw out a couple of my invoice my uh influences out there not, not a problem yeah. um which actually i was going to to ask you you know since you're a big uh comic uh weekly comic sunday strip kind of guy mm-hmm. what were some of the comics you, you used to read that you enjoyed you, you mentioned bloom county bloom um, county was we read the daily paper the daily strips um bloom county doonesbury was interesting because sometimes you would see those like the white house mm-hmm. and four panels of the white house and you think how lazy is that I, I, <laughs> I recently ran into somebody who had basically been doing um political cartoons and spot illustrate illustrations for like 40 years and he had he says i have seen mock-ups in the original art of doonesbury and he draws the each panel oh really yeah i was like I, you know i was one of those, like <laughs> really because i wouldn't do that <laughs> you know i would never have guessed um uh there's you know and and then finding sort of like the alt weeklies and seeing the sort of more out there kind of comics mm-hmm. and, and just kind of falling in love with like black and white um comics you know what i mean and just right. it's, it's it's limiting sometimes you see people they, they go all out with the detail and sometimes it's very simple and and um uh really i really dug stuff like that um but it was my gateway. I just, I loved comic strips and, I, and um, yeah, like Bloom County became an obsession. That's the one I really liked. And, you know, other, it seemed more about something and the animals were, it's easier to project yourself on an animal than it is on a person, I think. Yeah. Because an animal is, um, that's why I do robots. It's, you know, because these non-human things, it's easier to project on onto that. Um, but it, it sort of geared me towards uh, looking at the black and white comics and like looking for stuff through that and, and like finding stuff where people that just disappeared after two issues or it ended up being someone's springboard into a full-time comics career. And, and that was always interesting to me. Um, the tick. Remember the tick? Yes. Yeah. Before it was a cartoon, it was a comic and that yeah. was something I was looking through and, um, 
we're talking about simple line work um, and efficient art. Uh, look at Ben Edlund's The Tick. It's pretty fantastic. Um, it's going back, and now that, now, that, now that I make comic strips, going back and looking at seeing how people do stuff, you know, and, and seeing uh, more about that. Um, I mean, you talk about Bone. Like, that guy's such a great artist, but some of it, like, Bone itself is just, you know, it's not a white blob. It's a line that goes around. <laughs> it's a circle. He's just literally circles. Exactly, you know, yeah. and he's, it's incredible. And he's such a great artist. But what sticks out are the three simple characters. Yeah. And even the the human figures, I mean, they had some detail to them, but they still had some simplicity simplicity to them. Like, yeah. The, the, the only thing you ate the nose, there was just like two little dots. And right. You kind of had a little bit of a chin, and then th- there you go. But you have to be, you have to know how to be an, you have to be an artist to know how to do stuff like that. You yeah. know, you look um, like the Archie characters. I mean, you know, uh, Maybe it's too simplistic. Maybe it's, you know, I don't know how complicated Archie's going to be. Um, although, although they do stuff like Archie versus the Predator. They, they've <laughs> gone, gone all, all out with some of these stories. And it's like, okay, that's pretty funny, Archie. Um, but you have to know how to draw, you know, um, t- before you can simplify, too. Yeah. It really does help. Um, and I do practice, you know, I, I mean, I, I come up with like three or four robots i you know um i pencil every strip first before i draw them okay. i mean i mean that is drawing it but before it gets inked um and so there's passes i have to do a lot of digital editing you know <laughs> um uh because because i do make mistakes but i don't like using whiteout i don't like i don't i use blue pencil line okay i don't like erasing um paper because it ends up tearing up the paper Right. Yeah. And it actually ends up like, like I, I can buy the nicest eraser in the world, but I'm just the clumsiest person, and I'll just end up ruining my the ink lines. So it's just easier to just scan it and you know find the blue if it if it survived the scan and and remove it digitally. I can just I can do it like that, and it's great. But I was just I I got a deal on a Wacom tablet, um, and that's a it's a steep learning curve. You still have to know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, but it's, it's, it, I've done a couple strips like that and, and no one could tell the difference, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, um, I gotta say, I, I really enjoy, uh, your robots with coffee, um, Thank website you. and I've, I follow you on Twitter Thank at you. robots with coffee. So listener, if you want to see some really I, I, cool Instagram, that's, that's robots with coffee. Okay. Because Twitter is kind of a garbage show these days. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's robots W coffee. And then Facebook is also robots with coffee. And if you go to the Facebook page, I have a partner who does, um, he does, he does photo comics. Okay. Um, of, of his toys and word balloons. And he, sometimes he has a running story on there, but, um, for, for, for his day job, he's not allowed to have something that's like, might seem as like getting a profit somewhere. Okay. So I can't, I can't reprint them anywhere. Oh, um, gotcha. You know, it, it's really weird. Um, he, has, he has to like have a, like annual review and things like that. If you have worked in the, the government or in the state, you probably know what it's like to like you can't accept gifts or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's what that's what's on our Facebook page. So, but yeah, I, listener, I recommend if you want a good laugh, you want to see some daily um, cartoon strips, check out comics with. Or I'm sorry, check out robots with coffee man i'm gonna i'm gonna butcher that non-stop i'm gonna like go in and find all my all my comics references um well comics are important and this is a comics podcast 
Exactly. Yeah. Do your kids, um, you know, I, I think you had a, you had an episode where the kids were talking. Did you let them read Death in the Family? Yeah, 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 I did let them read Death in the Family, uh, yeah. and we also read uh, the Death of Superman. It was a it was a two for one day. Oh, okay, so do you do you like what was their what was their like? Did, were they shocked or? Well, Logan was Logan really wasn't so much shocked. I think it mm-hmm. he's starting to, to to kind of develop that, um, you know, playing video game right you know desensitization kind of thing Mm -hmm. but when he saw the panel where you could call in he was like well what's this and then i had to explain to him i had explained to him what you know phones were like before cell phones how we had to call these 900 numbers and Mm -hmm. you know you had to vote to see and it was a really cool idea and so i think that was more of what i had to explain than necessarily you know robin dying right Um, you know and and yeah, it's it's interesting because it's like you don't know what goes into some of these stories sometimes that there's this, you know, that there's like this, I won't say desperation mm-hmm. in publishing, but sometimes it's like nothing's sticking. We're getting beat by our competitor. You know, <laughs> how, how do we get how do we get our name in the news? You know, right. and, and like Death of Superman, I don't mean to be cynical, um, but that that was that was that was one it was like. You know, I remember people lining up and buying the bags and boards, the the ba- the, uh, the bagged version. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, there's going to be a Superman seventy six next month. <laughs> but seventy five is his death. Yeah, it comes a cool band. I get I get this armband I can wear, and I wore it for three seconds in school, and then I took it off because I didn't want to get beat up. Yeah. So, but yeah. Well, I. I don't have anything else. Is there anything that you want to uh, plug for uh, your website or Real band? Com is, 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 where, is where the refined, cleaned up art ends up. Okay. And I also review movies that came out like 40, no, like longer than that, like 70, 80 years ago. Um, <laughs> out there, like for some reason, I watch a lot of film noir. Um, I end up like writing about it on there. Um, and then, you know, the social media hired goons is gaba gaba It's also got a Facebook page. You can look for hired goons band on, on Facebook and you'll find us. We're on Spotify. We've got two albums. We have the EP. We have an album coming out. You know, keep my fingers crossed. Hopefully in October, um, a bunch of, yeah, it, it got to, <laughs> you know, otherwise I'm going to be plugging away in my little cave <laughs> and, and just draw on some more. And, you know, I'm working on another coloring book. Uh, we didn't mention, um, if you don't, if you don't mind, I have right. a color book, um, which is you talk about like Hasbro and marketing. It's 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 my version of Hasbro. If Hasbro were really desperate, the toys were really bad. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it's 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 a bunch of a bunch of um, characters, and uh, their backs, you know, the bios that the, the the transformer like bios, but the fourth wall breaks. And it's like we just can't do this. You know, we're going to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And and that's that's the tone of the book. And um, that's what I have at shows. Um, I'm doing another one. I'm working on that, uh, unfortunately, a little too slowly. But hopefully for the next C2E2 or next big show, I'll have that with me. Awesome. Yeah. Well, folks, thanks for listening to this interview with Paul Zarnowski. Uh, please go check out his fun and cool comic strip, Robots with Coffee, at robotswithcoffee.com. 
plus the other uh, hired goons and uh, comicscornerbox.blogspot.com where you can get all of these show notes where you can get find out where you can find Paul. And uh, if you like this episode, give us a rating and review over at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or uh, Podchaser. Don't forget to check out our, uh, our Facebook page, Comics With My Kids slash The Comics Corner Box. As well as follow us on uh, Twitter, which, like we said, is, like Paul said, it is a crapshoot out there with Twitter. Uh, we're at uh, Comics with Kids. Thanks again, Paul, for taking some time to chat with me. And I want to say how great it is that you have your kids reading these comics. Encourage everyone to read. You know, um, there's always something that, that, that's interesting that's just more to life than television. Exactly. Yes. Unless you work on television and you want to license my comic. <laughs> Yeah, I actually had someone from Has- who used to work at Hasbro. He pointed at one of my books um, and said that could be a TV show. And I'm like, "Stop! Don't go anywhere. Come back here." He's like, "Well, you have to get a lawyer." And I'm like, "I know, I know two people who have had options for for shows. I'm sure I can call them." So you know, but nothing, nothing, nothing ever came of that. I always thought that was very, very funny. You know. Gotcha. Alrighty. Well, good night, folks, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Yeah, I forgot. I get a lot of listeners from Disney to, that listen oh, to you? this. So maybe, hopefully, I think. If I can get a cease and desist from Disney, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, excuse me, but I, your, uh, yeah. your, your, your podcast sounds a little too much like uh, Steamboat Willie.